Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome one and all to another fantastic Monday with me, John Adirola, and the host of the Bituation Room coming to a Sacramento near you soon, <laughs> Francesca <laughs> yes. Fiorentini. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, yes, yes. I am so desperate to get everyone in Sacramento, California to my show at the Punchline with Matt Lieb. Um, Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. Get tickets for JessicaFiorentini.com or SacPunchline.com or PunchlineSack.com. All the things. John said he'd share a graphic. He's going to be very- I will if you send it to me. If you don't, I will forget. But if you do, I will. Thank you. So everybody definitely go out there. So that is, uh, we have two big announcements today. That's that's the big one. Then we have a small secondary announcement, which is that you, you, you right there, nobody else, just you, you're watching this right now. You are a viewer of the show. And when you decided to watch this live stream, you as one viewer uh, produced one view for the damage report. Now, obviously, there's more than one of you out there. I think there's like seven or eight. Mm -hmm. And we've been doing this for some time. And then when you add all of those things together, do you know what you get? You get the damage report passing the 1 billion views mark. It only took, um, I think our channel has been on YouTube for about three or four weeks. So I think that's a record actually, but yeah. 1 billion views. Um, and so thank you to everybody who has watched over the years, back before the pandemic when we were in a different part of the studio. And then the year and a half we spent at home. And then the year where I was here alone and I was pretty sure the place was haunted. <laughs> and then ever since then, Thank you, everybody. A billion views. That's, that's so something. many. All I mean, I views. remain irrelevant regardless, but that's a lot of views. Now start cracking on two, John. Uh, I'm so tired. <laughs> I was a young man when I started the first billion. One billion views. That's yeah. on the headstone. But yeah, it's cool. One billion, you know, one billion served, as they say. It's not bad. It's um, it's crazy because like you you put out a video. And that was an experience that you had producing it, hosting it. Obviously, we have a team that's putting together graphics and publishing, editing, and a million different things. And then, like, but then you think it's such a small drop in the bucket of like a billion views. <laughs> that's what's so crazy. Oh, and by the way, there's a billion views just on YouTube. I, when you add in, you know, Facebook and Roku and a million other things, I don't know. It's more than that, but a billion views. And it was really nice. I sort of like, I suspected it was coming. A week or two ago, and I just randomly went and looked, and we were like nine million views off. And I was like, "Oh, geez, we got to start making a graphic," and we did. How cool is that? How cool is that? So, thank you, everybody, for making that possible. Who knows what America will look like when we hit two billion views? So, stay oh. tuned for that. Uh, and if you stay tuned, it'll happen slightly sooner. So, thank you. Anyway, um, 
with that, let's see. Oh, I guess we should still do a show today, though. I guess eh. in pursuit of the second billion. I suppose we can do that. Oh, oh, what other announcement? This is the most minor for reasons that will become immediately clear. But many of you probably know that Brett Ehrlich is gone for the next two weeks. So we're gonna have other people filling in on Fridays and doing the garbage. Uh, but in honor of him leaving and getting the leave that he uh, has so deserves to tour Japan eating ramen and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to wear for today, Monday's show, uh, the birthday present he got for me a couple weeks ago, which is a wrestling shirt. It says Raw it's Monday Night Raw, you get it, and today's Monday. So anyway, thank you to Brett, and I hope him and the wife are having fun in Japan. Okay, with that said, we do have a lot that we're gonna be talking about that is not just self-promoting our success. We're also gonna be talking about the news because we had a primary over the weekend. We had some crazy speeches over the weekend. We had a blatant homophobia and transphobia over the weekend. And as we get towards the end of the first hour, not only are we gonna show you Michael Shore getting a brief little sneaky sneak interview with Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has contributed at least a few of those billion views. We have that. We also have AG Tish James, and we're gonna debate, is she having too much fun at Trump's expense? That'll be fun, so stay tuned for that. And that's all in the first hour. Coming up in the aftermath, Don Jr. is apparently obsessed with Joe Biden's penis. We're gonna break down why that is. And at long last, years later, why really did Melania Trump wear the I don't care do you jacket? We thought we knew, but we didn't know nothing. Now we have the explanation. And it's pretty funny. So, in anticipation of all that, hit the like button, share the stream, send us tweets and you or comments, super chats, all that. You might get a blueprint gift card out of it. And with that, are you ready to do this thing? Oof, what a rundown. Okay, it's a rundown. There's a lot to get to, but we're going to do it. Okay, let's do it. By now, you probably know that Donald Trump has won the Republican South Carolina primary. That's old news. But what you may not know is that lurking inside of that victory, some pretty bad news for Donald Trump. It could be that in the end, he wins the battle, but loses the war. And so he doesn't seem to see this lurking on the horizon because he's too busy gloating over the fact that he won South Carolina. But we're gonna break down the bad news for Donald Trump. But first, we do have to acknowledge that he won. He bleated, such an incredible honor to win the great state of South Carolina by so much. A record, thank you. It's a great state. I totally remember that it existed. And he did win. Is it a record? I don't know. And honestly, I'm 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 old. I'm not looking this up anymore. He won by 20 points. That's fine. It's fine. She was the governor of that state. Generally, you expect the governor of a state to win, but these are obviously special times with Donald Trump, you know, being the head of this cult and everything. So he won by 20 points, and he thinks that this is a death blow against Haley. In fact, he thinks this is going to lead to all of her donors fleeing, and there's some evidence of that. He bleated, Americans for no prosperity. You see what he did there? They're Americans for prosperity, but he made it no prosperity. <laughs> Very clever, that's what comedy is. Have hey, just stated. <laughs> that Haley has no chance to win and they will stop funding her campaign effective immediately. What a waste of money. I mean, they're not totally, she's not totally, they're not totally wrong. Uh, I mean, it kind of is a waste of money. I mean, he could go to jail, but that's about it. Now, she's not leaving. She's announced that she's staying in for what that's worth. And it's not really worth anything. Politicians say that and then later that day they drop out. But she says she's sticking around. But I want to get to the bad news and then we'll discuss. So he won. Okay, fine. Set that aside. 
here is what the, the map actually looked like. So he won by 20 points. That's good. But you know what that also means? It means that nearly 40%, just shy of 40% of the Republican electorate, months and months into this thing, when it already looks like a guarantee that he's going to win, still worked up the energy to go out and vote against him. Mm-hmm. They know that she's not going to win. She's not even going to win South Carolina. And they still thought, no, I'm going to take my limited free time and I'm going to go all the way out here just to try to stop Donald Trump because I don't want him. And that isn't just a high number, it's actually a pattern. So as Ian Sams involved the White House pointed out, across Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina, Trump lost an average of 44% of Republicans. And that's not what you want, but it actually gets worse. So CNN did a poll in South Carolina of Republican voters. And they asked, are you part of the MAGA movement? 45% said yes, 49% said no. Mm. More said no than said yes. Now, I guess the joke is on Nikki Haley. He still won South Carolina. But like, it's easy to just be like, are you MAGA? Sure, make America great again. But more like, no. And even worse than that, I saved the best for last. A Fox News analysis showed that 35% of voters said they would be dissatisfied with Trump as the nominee. These are Republicans. 21% said they wouldn't vote for him in the general election. One out of five Republicans are like, not only do I not like the guy, not only am I not MAGA, I am not voting for him in November. And they already know this guy, he's a known quantity. So he won South Carolina, but he would very much like one fifth of the Republican electorate to turn out. And thus far, it's not looking great. And that's before the January 6th verdict and the hush money verdict and the confidential documents verdict and maybe Georgia too. That number could go even higher. Oh yeah, no, I think this is, and I'm so glad that it's being covered, but this is truly the story. Um, We're constantly fed by the media, Oh, it's Trump's GOP, it's Trump's GOP. Look, he's running away with it. And we're not fed this other side, which are the people who are disaffected, maybe former Trump voters. Who are, yeah, like you're saying, coming out and voting against him. 59% is good in a general, right? But in a primary with only one other person in these, I guess, almost 3,000 people were like, let's give it to DeSantis, even though he's out of the race. Like <laughs> it, in the reddest state or one of the reddest states in the country, that doesn't look good. How's Wisconsin gonna look? How's Michigan gonna look for Donald Trump? Like, and it, you know, there was a tweet there that you put up, and and the the latter half of it was about if the numbers were similar for Biden, it would be like, oh, we need to reverse course oh, immediately. Yeah. But Biden, of course, he's an incumbent, he's the current president, and of course, he's winning, you know, by ninety percent or whatnot. Um, Granted, there's no one actually, very few other names who are um, serious contenders who are actually being allowed on the ballot. Oh. But this is something we have to remember. And this could be the difference between him losing in November. And you're totally right. It's only going to get worse, John. That's Mm -hmm. that 40% that didn't come out. Like after all these cases, or at least some of them like keep on moving as like sort of boats along some sort of evil carnival ride or a great (laughs) carnival ride, carnival game. Like, yeah. At at best, they'll stay home. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? At worst, they'll vote for Biden or. Some might. A Nikki Haley uh, independent run. Maybe, and uh, No Labels is apparently reaching out to her. They lost Joe Manchin, you know, and their hearts were broken, but they've bounced back. Uh, you're right, it would be slightly different with the if it was Biden, because Biden is the sitting president. But it wouldn't be as different 
as usually that metaphor would work because Trump was the president. They know him. And by the way, it is so easy if you're on the side of a candidate like Trump to like a candidate like Trump. He comes out and he just tells you, you're automatically better than everyone because of the way you were born. For your gender, for your race, for your class, whatever. You're just, you're great. You don't have to do anything. In fact, you just get to go around hating people and I'm gonna lift all of you up. I mean, not really economically, it's all gonna be for me and my rich buddies. But but the fact that 40% don't support him in South Carolina after all this, I actually take some like hope out of that. Because it would be so easy for these Republicans to be like, yeah. I should be better because I'm white, but they're not. They don't like him, and that's good. I mean, they still like Nikki Haley, and she sucks too. But, but hey, we'll you know, we'll take what we can get. And so we're gonna be tracking Michigan and see what happens on Super Tuesday. But it's easy to write a headline that so and so won the primary, but if that's not necessarily the most important news coming out of it, and so that's what we no. want to focus on. These lights are so bright in my eyes that I can't see too many people out there. But uh, I can only see the black ones. I can't see any white ones, you see? That's how far I've come. That's how far I've come. That's a long, that's a long way, isn't it? These eyes. Uh, we've come a long way together. Dear God, have we? That is that that is exactly how far we've come as a country. That a guy who says that to the Black Conservative Federation was already president, did a coup, is getting away with it thus far, and might well be president again. But as bad as all of that was, he somehow found a way to make it way worse and way, way weirder. Uh-huh. Just like No, no, I want I want to I want you to see these clips. Oh, then, yeah, then yeah. Okay, okay. I got indicted for nothing, for something that is nothing. They were doing it because it's election interference. And then I got indicted a second time and a third time and a fourth time. And a lot of people said that that's why the black people like me because they have been hurt so badly and discriminated against. And they actually viewed me as I'm being discriminated against. It's, it's been pretty amazing, but it possibly, I don't know, maybe there's something there. It's black conservatives understand better than most that some of the greatest evils in our nation's history have come from corrupt systems that try to target and subjugate others to deny them their freedom and to deny them their rights. You understand that? I think that's why the black people are so much on my side now because they see what's happening to me happens to them. Does that make sense? My, my, the mugshot, we've all seen the mugshot. And you know who embraced it more than anybody else? The black population, it's incredible. You see black people walking around with my mugshot. You know, they do shirts and they sell them for $19 a piece. It's pretty amazing. Millions, by the way, millions of these things have been sold. So I don't know if I'm proud of it or not proud of it. No, I don't know. You did talk about it for several minutes straight. So one would think you're proud of it. But you know what I love the most about those clips? Absolutely nothing. It's terrible. And I hate that it reflects so poorly on us as a people and that he might be president again. But you know what I find most interesting about that clip? Because mm. I do find something interesting. Um, he says his theory is black people love me despite the fact that myself and my family have despised you for literally decades. Remember, he literally had a policy of not renting his properties to black people. Fun little historic fact. Um, because the system 
is coming after me. It's not an individual thing of Joe Biden. It's structural, okay? And that's happened to them. So we're the same. It's a little bit of an Navalny. Okay, but you guys also reject the idea that structural racism exists. Like up until that speech, there was nothing about the US government that was ever discriminatory in a systematic way against non-white people. But now it would benefit me if I pretended that I believe that. So sure, let's give them a systemic racism as a treat. That's what stood out to me, Francesca. What do you think? I mean, the history is so long. Like he made a name for himself, obviously calling President Barack Obama not born in this country, basically using like being completely racist about him, calling him, you know, born in Africa or whatnot. Then, of course, remember the Central Park Five, the death, oh calling goodness. for the death penalty for five minor children who were later exonerated. I mean, like, it goes on and on. Was it a long con, John, to eventually win the African American vote? I incarcerated them. Now I get incarcerated and then they vote for me. Like, what? Yeah. It's just the layers of condescension and racism and like just like like I, I mean you're waiting for him to be like you people were very happy when you were property weren't you everyone was taken care of like truly that is what he is doing he's mocking them he's mocking stereotypes about people selling shirts he wasn't talking about him selling his own mugshot on his own website he's talking yeah. about like you know um you know people who were like setting up booths outside of his uh, his events who he knows or he sees are black, right? Like that's what he's saying. He's like, you get, you know, that's what you're doing. I don't know. And like, like what, like he's gonna take out like a bucket of chicken and eat it and then like some watermelon straight. I'm like, like literally, this mean, is the level of racism. He, he, I mean, he did the taco bowl for Cinco de Mayo. I mean, Jesus Christ. I, look, by the way, uh, that speech was to the Black Conservative Federation. So uh, look, obviously, there are many black conservatives. There are 100% is, you know, I, I don't know. What percentage of black conservatives regularly think about the fact that virtually every conservative white person on some level fears or despises or is jealous of them? Like it's a huge mix. Um, in their defense, plenty of white liberals also hold uh, incredibly racist views. So let's all bear that in mind. Uh, but um, yeah, he's he he does like he doesn't give a damn about these people. And the funny thing is, so he's he's talking to a group of black conservatives. And he immediately has to turn to like, you know, you guys get arrested all the time. I was too, don't you love me? I will remind all of you. He was speaking to, I don't know if it was like Jewish Republicans or, or some yeah. group. And he was like, you all understand money. I don't need to tell you. This dude roasts his supporters and they love it. It is, as I said last week on the show, very much like the WWE. Where people will pay big money to have The Rock call them, you know, like fat and stuff like that. Like some people like to be abused. And it seems like that is very common on the right. I mean, he literally goes to like areas and he's like, you know, if I wasn't running for president, I'd be in a much nicer place than this. Your city sucks. He yeah. loves to roast them and they love the abuse. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to say, look, John, have we ever actually got tapes of Trump in private? It's well documented. Oh we haven't heard them, but many of his advisors say that he openly like says racial slurs, says the N word, has done that for decades and decades. Like, think about what he's saying in private if this is what he's saying in public. It's just, 
it's so why he's just like yeah. he's a Klansman clown and everyone's like why not the economy was good i lost my family but the economy yeah. was good Ugh. was it was it well you know you just reminded me of something when you mentioned losing your family so um i want to turn to some other oh by the way there were other racist things him talking about white versus black presidents and everything i don't want to play literally everything he said because i'm just going to get mad and instead of ruin my week and it's monday and we got to a billion views i just want to feel good <laughs> for a moment but anyway um we're going to do sort of a brain rot report but not the way we normally do it unfortunately right. watch this clip and you'll understand my wife our great first lady she was a great for people love her <laughs> people love her oh look at that wow Mercedes, that's pretty good. Now that quick clip went viral. I'm sure that you saw it because it appeared that Donald Trump forgot the name of his wife, Melania. But pump the brakes. The dude does have brain rot. He is racing towards dementia, but that clip is not actually evidence of it. He's not calling Melania Mercedes. He's calling Mercedes Mercedes, not the car, Mercedes Schlapp who hosted CPAC. So it's not about Melania. He almost mm. certainly remembers Melania's name. And honestly, if he doesn't get off his back, he hasn't seen her in literally months. And look, he's in a decades long, absolutely loveless sham marriage. You expect that he's supposed to remember everything like you and I who are in healthy relationships are supposed to. And also what is he supposed to remember the name of literally every woman he's involved with right now? Get off his back, America. But in any event, <laughs> He did not forget Melania's name. Although to be fair, he did forget the names of some of his other family members. Take a look. First of all, my family, Melania, Baron, Don Jr. and Kimberly, Ivanka and Jared, Tiffany and Michael. They're so, so supportive, so supportive of me and we really appreciate it and love them. They're great, we have a great family. Okay, so I'm gonna give him a C plus on remembering who's in his family because he got most of them. He got a lot, you know, like you you drop an Eric every once in a while. Who's gonna, sure, who's gonna remember sure. Eric? He's barely a person. And uh, you know, he Laura Trump also wasn't mentioned there, which you know that's one thing. It's a big family, but he did mention Tiffany, and he often forgets her. So that's gotta hurt Eric, especially. He literally runs the dude's business. And he also mentioned Jared, but forgot his own son. So that's gonna sting a little bit for Eric. What yeah, do you think? Yeah, he did Francesca? the spouses on top of that. But look, <laughs> one of them's gotta go every time. I just, you know, it's it's a blind thing. I just pick a little name out of the hat and I'm gonna forget you, Eric, for the next few months. What's crazy about that though is Lara Trump's been in the news more and Lara Trump's more prominent because she will likely be the next mm -hmm. chair of the RNC. He's gonna need the RNC's money, the fundraising capacity, all of that. That. So it's not a great time to forget Lara <laughs> Trump unless he's, I don't know, maybe he's pissed at them for something. Who, I don't yeah. know. I think he just forgot he does actually have brain rot uh, and he's an old man. And at, like Hut D, I, Stephen Colbert's impression of Eric Trump is actually his best impression. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's great. I have, I have. It's so good. But anyway, um, look, the, the reason you might think, well, why are you covering this? That's not what the brain rot report is supposed to be, but it's actual brain rot. And we'll get to that later in the week. But like I have I often not said I hate when people get something wrong or allowed themselves to be duped by something that's a little bit too appealing and then they don't cop to it when it happens. Well, like let's let's be willing to admit it, it seemed like he had gotten her name wrong. It, it fooled me at first, but that's not actually what it is. And so we should be willing to admit 
when it's not. I, I hate when people refuse to admit that stuff. Like there's there's a Twitter account which I won't name. Who's like a you know standard like go Biden go whatever and like for some reason he's got like Blue a Maga. million followers. I'm not gonna say who it is, but um yeah his tweet Biden's about seen. the Melania. No, it's not. Uh, they're they're Elon Musk stands now. Uh, his tweet about the Melania Mercedes thing is still up with tons of support. He's not backing off of it. Like I, I don't I just don't understand people like that. So anyway, we should be willing to admit when we're wrong. Donald Trump does still have dementia, but that was not evidence of it. And with that, we should take our first break. When we come back, we've got a lot to talk about, including a state senator who decided to call roughly one out of five people in his entire state filth. So that'll be fun after this. Carol died after being beaten in a Wausau High School. What do you think of that? They were targeted because of some of these bills and some of the things that Ron Walters has said. My heart goes out to that scenario if, if that is the case. But we represent a constituency. Uh, we're a, a Republican state, supermajority in the House and Senate. I represent a constituency that doesn't want that filth in Oklahoma. You know, we are a religious state. Uh, we're going. We are going to fight to keep that filth out of the state of Oklahoma. Let me just start by saying, F. Tom Woods. Yes, I can't say with the full word what I want to say in this platform, but I want you to put up this picture of Tom Woods. And please join me in just saying F Tom Woods, the guy speaking on that. You are asked a question about a 16 year old, Next Benedict, dying a day after a fight broke out in a high school bathroom. You're asked about that. It's not like that happened in the background and you should remember that context when you talk. That's what you were asked. And you say, oh, yeah, my heart goes out over that person who was killed, but what are you going to do? It's filth, you know, you're just gonna allow filth to stay in your state. If you are a homophobe, okay, which Tom Woods is, if you're a homophobe or whatever, transphobe, general hater of the LGBTQ community, let's say in a high school in Oklahoma, how is that anything other than a wink and a nod from your elected representative to do again whatever happened in that bathroom? Mm-hmm. You know, ah, it's bad, but it's filth. They're not people, they're garbage, they're scum, you know, and maybe something happens. That's what I'm getting from Tom Woods, a person who knew they were being filmed and thought that's what I want. That's what I want my name to be associated with. That's what I think is gonna help me in my career is taking a tragic death and then trying to score absolutely vicious, disgusting, violent, homophobic points off of it, Francesca. I mean, there are no words for this POS, uh, uh, you know, and the worst part about it and the most ridiculous part is that they're trying to protect children. Think of the kids. We want to protect them from groomers and gender ideology. That's why we have to um, support the murder of kids in order to do that. Um, and yeah, no, in this case, kids for him is filth. And he didn't just say it twice. He once, he said it twice. Like he knew exactly what he was saying. He said it again and he would probably say it a third time. This is a school district um, where that hired Chaya Raichik, and I know we're gonna get into that, hired the head of libs of TikTok to consult them on what? How to be more aggressively transphobic and hateful, yep. how to make sure that the lives of kids like Next Benedict meant nothing. I'm just, 
This story is we should never stop talking about it because it's happening. It might not be to the point of death, but it's happening across this country. This is the result of it. And I'm sure people in Oklahoma, man, I feel not everyone in Oklahoma and you saw Tulsa came out in with thousands of people within a candlelight vigil in honor of next and their life and and said this is not us this is not does not represent us so but I'm just like these are their representatives and and imagine do they not have like School lunch program needs? Do they not have like, you know, like, are they in need of work? What's the, you know, like, what are, what are their lives like? How is this helping their lives at all? I mean, I mean, that's, but that's the whole point of this is yeah. you could, a government could deal with those problems. But if you'd prefer not to, because doing so might involve like raising taxes or something like that, and that would hurt the rich, which we actually care about. Instead, um, let me lift up some communities for you to hate. And then you could be so busy hating them that you won't even realize. It's it's what they do. They like, and I've talked about this every once in a while. The common conception is that politicians who don't give a damn about you want you to be sheep. But they mm -hmm. don't want you to be sheep. They want you to be piranha. They want to throw a nugget of hatred towards an individual or community, and then you just tear into it with your bloodlust and feel like you're doing something. Meanwhile, they're gorging on all the resources that they've extracted from you and your family. But you're so distracted by the bloodlust you're feeling that you don't even realize that you're being robbed. Okay, yes. sheep have a lot of time on their hands. Sheep <laughs> might realize that they're being grifted. Piranha ain't got no time to understand <laughs> what's happening to them because they're gonna get to the meat. And that is why they treat their base like piranha. And by yeah. the way, you said, I bet this person would say it a third time. I mean, I don't know about saying it again, but he was asked by a newspaper and he <laughs> stood by his comments after the backlash, after all that. No, oh dear God, I didn't realize that people were gonna connect. No, he likes it. No edits. And if, oh my God, can we, by the way, can we put up the picture of Next Benedict? Because when you see the picture of Next Benedict and you just think, this is a person who should be protected and supported. And I cannot imagine if you are a young person in that state realizing, at a young age, they don't care if I live or die. They literally don't care. Yeah. I mean, they care if I read a book with a naughty picture in it, but they don't care if I live or die. And I know what some of you might say, well, you gotta get out of that state. And sure, if you can get out of that state and other states like it. But of course, that's not an answer for the vast majority of people. You can't just pick up and leave and no. you shouldn't have to. You should be able to expect that your fundamental worth as a human is going to be respected regardless of where you're born. And you're not just so screwed over because you happen to be born in Oklahoma that you might die and then just have your death mocked by politicians. Final I mean, thoughts? This, just like this is the problem with states' rights. You know, It's basically saying, okay, well, we can forget about, let's let Oklahoma um, take care of Oklahoma and we can you know, forget about kids like Nex who deserve to live and were killed. Or, or we can forget about all the women in Texas who are you know, uh, losing the ability to have kids because they're bleeding out from like you know, tr miscarriages and they're being denied you know, uh, D&Es, DNCs and all this and, and, and like the right to an abortion. Just like, no, civil rights trumps all of the state's rights and all of this BS and Nex's life should have been protected and and there are many other trans kids out there. So I'm just, I'm like full of fury, John, because at this murder and I just feel like guys, 
In the same vein that like when it comes to our foreign policy, all roads lead through truly figuring out and actually creating peace in Israel Palestine. I'm I believe that with my soul. I believe we need Palestinian liberation. Um I believe with my soul that civil rights in this country goes through trans rights. That if we cannot protect trans people, if we cannot protect trans kids, then then we can't protect civil rights more broadly. So mm-hmm. again, it if it feels like a niche issue, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about state rep a few years ago. And just think like, like this person has political power. There's so like, think again about the good people in your life who could have a position in government, but couldn't. They wouldn't be able to raise the money. They don't have the connections or whatever. But absolute ignorant monsters hold positions all across the country. Not reasonable people like us, absolute monsters. Shia Reitschik and a journalist Taylor Lorenz certainly go back. They have feuded for some time, okay, a couple of years now, actually. And we get to today where there's an interview. Taylor Lorenz gets an interview with Shia Reitschik. And we want to show you a little bit of it, not only the clip, but also literally, I want you to see something in the clip and see if you spot it as we go into this first little excerpt. If transgenderism doesn't exist, which it seems like you're, that's what you believe, what happens to all the people living happy lives as trans people? Well, first of all, the whole trans is it's based on a lie. You can't change your you can't change your gender. Okay, but so they could they could go live their 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 life. I mean, I can't tell someone what to do in their in their house. Sounds like you do want to tell people what to do in their house. I never said that. So you're totally okay with people being trans, just not as long as they're in public. No, I never said that. No, no, I never said I never said anything that would make me sound bad. I mean, I advocated for it and I've 100% said it over and over and over again. I'm very enthusiastically I've said it. But like I don't want you to say that I said it if it makes me sound bad right now because I want to present myself as a serious person, as an activist, which is why I came to this interview with journalist Taylor Lorenz with a t-shirt that I made of Taylor Lorenz where we like paused a video so that she like has her eyes closed or looks funny. That's what Chaya Reichick thinks is funny when people take an image of a prominent woman and then just say that that makes her look bad. Cuz that's not a thing that doesn't that does, that happens to people on the right. Obviously, she as a conservative would never be targeted by that sort of misogyny. So it's totally cool to continue it for Taylor Lorenz. But look, obviously that's utterly ridiculous. She has been Chai Reichick has decided a few years back that rather than have like an actual life where you try to accomplish something with your life, she's instead just going to try to make other people's lives worse. And in return, she's going to get money and notoriety for that. And she decided the subject she's going to do that is all stuff having to do with LGBTQ people. And so for a couple of years, that's been her entire life is how can I ruin the lives of other people who I'll never meet? And during all of that time, she has not learned literally anything about the subject that she's talking about. You can't change your gender. Yes, you can. Gender is a social construct. You can't change your biological sex, but that is disconnected from gender, which is a different thing. That's it. That's actually all you need to understand to form the basis of that conversation. Takes five to seven seconds, depending on how fast the person talks. And yet, totally above her head, she does not understand literally anything about that. But that does not stop the fact that she has millions of people hanging on her every word on Twitter, looking for people, again, little nuggets of meat that can be thrown to the piranha 
for them to go after a swimmer here, a teacher there, ruin their lives and all that. It doesn't stop the fact that in places like Oklahoma, she's literally being put on boards to take the place of an expert, someone who understands literally nothing about gender or sex. I have more, Francesca, what do you think? I, I treated myself uh, to clearly the worst thing I could have this weekend, which was watching about 35 minutes of this hour long interview. And it is straight up talking to a brick wall. And not only that, but Chaya Rajchik is so clearly an idiot, so dumb, so uninformed again, as you're saying of the own her own beat, the own subject, her own subject. And at the end of the day, she sounds like a petty child being like, I know you are, but what am I? So what? I know you are, but what am I? So what? I don't care. So what? No, I didn't. People hate me. The reason people hate you, bitch, is because you insist on ruining their life. No, 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 better. You insist on putting targets on people's backs. No, 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 children's backs, teachers' backs, hospital staff workers, nurses, doctors' backs. That is what you do for a living. And on top of that, you're such a petty little child. You roll up to this interview with a picture of Taylor Lewenz crying. She's giving you a platform. She's interviewing you. And you're like, <laughs> I'm owning you, liberal tears. <laughs> like, seriously, this woman is such garbage. I, I hope that someone figures out, you know, honestly, what. <laughs> I can't say what I want to say, but let's just say, you know, there's various ways uh, to, you know, end a witch. Uh, I'm thinking silver bullets or stakes through a heart or something. I don't know what okay. we have to do. Right, what spell we have to cast. Let's turn back to our topics. Well, no if, there are, here. if there are witches so, out there. Okay. In any event, uh, yeah. So this, look, if you're a conservative that they're watching this, you're probably like, ha ha, you're getting triggered by her. Uh, well, no, I mean, on behalf of the people whose lives she's ruining, she's never gonna come for me. I'm what people are supposed to look like, according to Chaya Reitschik. I'm in fact, the best sort of people. She subscribes to an ideology where I'm literally better than her because I was born a man and a man is better than a woman. That's one of the hierarchies that she subscribes to. So she's never coming for me, I'm gonna be just fine. I am offended on other people's behalfs, the people who are being killed thanks to the ideology that she is a part of, um, but much more importantly, she is a tool, a weapon against you. And I cannot believe that you don't even see it. You, poor conservative, you know, you have actual issues, real problems. You know, something other than the fact that 1700 miles away, there's a trans person or whatever, actual problems that could actually, in theory, be solved. But they're not gonna be solved because the rich don't want them to be solved because solving problems cost money. So how do you get people, millions of conservatives who have actual problems to not prioritize them? Well, you need some stuff to distract them, thus a Chaya Reitschik. That's what she's there for. That's what Chris Rufo is there for. That's what Marjorie Green and all of these other buffoons that don't merit any of the positions they have, they're weapons being wielded to stop you from having any relief, from having any of your actual problems be solved. I'm gonna be okay. It's you that she's targeted. You should be way more annoyed by all of her buffoonery than we are. And it's weird that you're not. Final thoughts. Um, I I just can't believe that someone like this with the platforms, like every anyone who says that big tech has an anti-conservative bias, we've known you're full of it. It's so laughable. And the success of this hate monger is just perfect evidence of the fact that no, 
In fact, hate is rewarded by these platforms. Hate is allowed by these platforms, and it's yep. beyond Twitter. It's all of them. And I, I just can't believe that someone like this can exist without actually truly being taken down and off of these places. It'll it'll happen. It happened to Alex Jones. It'll happen to Chaya Raichik. I yep. hope. Well, unfortunately for us now, they, despite the fact that social media has an anti-conservative bias, a conservative billionaire literally bought the platform to artificially prop them up. So that's probably not gonna happen anytime soon over there. So that's fun. Anyway, we're gonna take, and I apologize we didn't get to more of the clips as Francesca alluded to, there is more to the interview and you can check it out. Good on Taylor Lorenz for trying to get through to this woman. Uh, unfortunately, her bread is buttered by never ever learning anything. So it's it's a difficult task. With that said, we're gonna take a break, but don't go anywhere. Hey, I didn't get my full social break there. That ended seconds early. But anyway, we're we're back to the news, everyone. So buckle up as we launch into a fun little discussion. Is the attorney general who got Donald Trump to the tune of about a half billion dollars having too much fun online at his expense? Well, let's let's take a look at how this has worked out on Twitter. So when the civil fraud judgment against Donald Trump was initially announced, AG Tish James, who you saw in that picture, posted this on Twitter saying in a massive victory, we won our case against Donald Trump for engaging in years of incredible financial fraud to enrich himself. All of that is true. They all owe four, over $450 million. Okay, so nothing to see here, very normal announcement, but that's not actually where it stopped. So uh, go back to a few days ago and she posted this on the 23rd. It's just a dollar amount, but it's over $464 million, it's a lot of money. And that's the full tweet, okay. Then like two days later, she's got this where she's added to it. Now she's got a new amount. And so you might be able to figure out what she's doing here. She's adding the interest each day to yes. what he owes and then tweeting it. And so I just, I wanna ask you, Francesca, is that wrong? Should she not do that? Is that going too far and needling him? What do you think? Um, I actually appreciate that for once, like, Someone who isn't on the far right is participating in some of the trolling that the far right does, but trolling for good and and trolling. I mean, look, she's just reminding him, you know, maybe she should have created like another account that was like, you know, um, you know, Trump, New York, civil penalty, whatever, like counter. Um, that's very long, but you know, we, we shorten it. But I like this. I think it's I, I hate that we always have to rise above. I don't like the Michelle Obama when they go low, we go high. No, go low, go so low uh, as to actually hold them accountable for white collar crime. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's good. I mean, look, she won her case, let her gloat and she's not wrong. Every single day it is increasing. Um, and he's just hoping that he wins reelection or an election, re reelection, whatever in order to stay out of jail and in order to avoid paying this, which I don't even know if you could do that. Yeah, I, no, I don't I don't think so. Um, it's a state level thing, it's a civil thing. I don't think that he could. So she certainly can post this, it's factually accurate. I appreciate a fact actually appearing on Twitter these days. It's sort of weird, those are still allowed. Right. And some of you might be saying, wait, why is it 114,000 more? Well, we had previously talked about how it was gonna be like 87,000 a day. But remember, he has to pay more than the actual amount while the appeal goes for the, so the bond is for more than the actual amount. So $114,000 a day is a lot of money. 
But that said, I will just throw out there, disagree with me if you want, dear world. Um, but some are saying that the Trump team could potentially use this during their appeal to be like, come on, she's clearly biased against us. She has corrupt motivation or something. I don't know if that makes sense legally and neither does Alina Haba because neither of us really know the law. But I'm just saying that's a thing that people are saying. So I'm gonna throw that out there. And about that money, by the way, so last Friday, uh, Judge Arthur Engren is like, you gotta, you gotta pay the amount. I'm formally saying you're paying the amount and it's $453.5 million, that's a lot of money. So we ordered him to pay that, 100 million of that being interest. Damn, that's how they get you with the interest America. Truly. Um, and uh, by the way, there had been attempts by the Trump legal team or sorry, yeah, come back to me, legal team. Uh, to stop this, so the judge said, "No, we're not gonna, we're not gonna stop." But he sent an email to Trump's team and said, "You have failed to explain, much less justify any basis for a stay. I am confident that the appellate division will protect your appellate rights." Which I just love this. It feels like a, you know, a stab in the back, sort of whisper in the ear quote. But um, but at the same time, a judge also declined to grant a stay of the defamation verdict. So. In both cases, it's like, no, you have to pay your bills. And Alina Hobb had been trying to say that it should be stayed because when they do the appeal, it's going to reduce, if not eliminate, the amount of the judgment, which is once again, wishful thinking standing in for legal expertise from Alina Haba. That's not actually how it works. But before you comment, I just want to throw out, Oh, actually, we're probably gonna have to move on, I apologize. But they have formally appealed the civil fraud lawsuit. We knew it was coming, sure. but they've formally appealed it. And that also means they do now have to pay, okay? That was one of the things that's gonna trigger it. So they have to actually pay, super final point. No, I mean, yeah, just keep digging the hole. That's a lot of money, man. That's, that's a lot of like money. You're, that's like 550-ish million, more than a half billion. That's gonna sting. Okay, with that said, why don't we have a little bit of fun for just a couple of minutes with this. Are you a vice presidential possibility? That's up to President Trump, he'll pick that. Um, but I'm interested in seeing South Carolina turn out big for President Trump and beating neocon Nikki Haley. We're gonna beat Nikki Haley, right? Yeah. Woo, exactly, yep. You, you, you've identified as a Christian nationalist. There's a lot of talk about Christian nationalism now. Do you feel like that's something that they're gonna be making a big part of this campaign? Are you aware that the founding fathers were Christians and nationalists? I mean, I don't know why you think that's such a bad thing. Of course, I'm a proud Christian and of course I love my country. Thanks so much, yep, have a good thank day. You. Bye -bye. Okay, so we're gonna review her little mini episode of Drunk History there in a sec. But first, um, that is Michael Shore. Michael Shore doing great work and snagging a brief interview with a viewer of the Damage Report, Congresswoman Marjorie Green. Uh, where she says, you know, I'm not, I don't want to say anything about the VP thing. You know, I'm just here to work for him. It's not for me at all. Uh, just want to remind you all that she was not even like a part of the CPAC, uh, like straw poll for VPs. And Trump has not mentioned her as a possible VP. And I only point that out because I know if she sees this, it'll deeply bother her. Um, but then we turn to the Christian nationalism. She's like, well, first of all, why do you not like that? We've been defensive there, Marjorie Green. Michael Shore didn't say anything negative about Christian nationalism. He just said, you identify as one, do you think it'll be a part of this? And she's like, well, I don't know why you have a problem with that. Jeez, okay, you seem to be unsure about your Christian nationalism there. Get off his back, he's a professional. He doesn't yeah. weigh in with opinion. But um, the idea that like, well, they were Christians, the founders, they were nationalists, thus they're Christian nationalists. 
That isn't how it works. Just, okay, they were nationalists, they were socialists, so obviously, no, that's not how it works. You can't just add those words together. And by the way, if the founders had wanted to make America a Christian nation, you know what they could have done? They could have made it a Christian nation. They didn't. Yeah. In fact, they did the exact opposite of that. That's why hundreds of years later, you have to lie to us about it. Yes. And so she needs to, to check, check her identity there. But what do you think? Yeah, I think getting really defensive about like a, just an honest characterization um, is telling. It's telling that they know actually that Chris, saying Christian nationalism is not a good thing. Like it's it's reeks of authoritarianism. It also reeks of hey taking away a bunch of reproductive rights from women and from suburban voters in red states, in swing states, who they need to win this election. It is. The very thing that they are doing, right? Which is rolling back civil rights, which is rolling about back all of these gains, which I mean, like in Marjorie Greens and and like a Chaya Raichik world, neither of them ever have the right to speak or hold office or have a credit card or property. Like, yeah. do we understand that? But so I think her getting prickly is like, ooh, you know you are losing. Beep, 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 boop. <laughs> oh man. 100%. And you do, in fact, love to see it. Uh, I just want to remind her of a few things because I know there's a good chance she's watching. Um, so I know that some of them were Christians, sure. Others were sort of Christians, but not Christians like you guys are these days. Does she get that like when there was like a religious revival on the right in the 80s, that's because Republicans weren't like that before? Um, many of the founders were what are called deists. And I'll explain that because I know that she doesn't know what that means. That means that they technically believe in a God. They think that it's like the prime mover. God created everything and then that's it. God ain't hanging around watch like picking Super Bowl winners. He just, they, they could not come up with an alternative <laughs> explanation as to how the Big Bang happened. So I guess God did it and that's that, okay? And many of them, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, they thought that Jesus was like a cool philosopher that we could learn from. They didn't think he was God. They weren't Christians like you. I know that you wanna claim them as your own. You especially like that some of them owned slaves and that's been a fantasy of yours for a long time. But they weren't actually Christians like you, okay? They were far closer to atheists, in fact. In any event, that's all the time we have for the first hour of the show, but much more to talk about on the other side of this.